evening and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each Sunday we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week and sometimes the events of our rather bizarre lives. And we do so in an entertaining, informative and unique fashion. And uh, Leah Brandon, one of the many things that makes this show unique is that I know for me and I think probably for a lesser extent you... We don't just report and talk about and analyze the news. We live it to a certain degree. Oh, we all do. We feel it. Yeah, well, you know, you, you probably a little less so than me, but probably better for your mental health. Um, you know, I often refer to this program as my weekly therapy session, which I'm yeah. definitely in need of considering the news of this particular week. It's amazing but- you're up and walking. Well, when you hear the whole thing, you might be more amazed <laughs> that I'm still up and walking. But for for beating, stop beating around the bush. Here's what I'm I'm getting at here. I mean, um, unlike most talk show hosts who root for chaos and for bad things to happen because it's good for ratings. I mean, that's the objective of most talk shows uh, of all sorts in this day and age. Almost exclusively now, we're like in the 99 percentile now of of talk shows on radio and television where that's their only goal is the ratings. It doesn't matter about what's good for the country or, you know, the future of the nation or what's going to be left for our children or anything like that. No, no, those are silly. A lot of that is conservative, too, which is really a bummer. Yeah, particularly a bummer in this election (laughs) cycle, which I'm sure we'll reference because it's a huge part of this uh, real story that's going on here that uh, no one has an incentive to tell except maybe us because we have – Different incentives than anybody else on national radio. We're and, ready to blow it all up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't care. We don't care. We care about the truth here. And there's a lot of truths that are not being told. And you're going to hear most, if not all of them, in the next three hours. But let's just quickly review. You know, I I have gone through some deep, deep bouts of depression yeah, that, knew. that were news in my life, that were news related in my life. All right. I mean, okay. obviously, we've all had bad things happen in our personal lives. You've had horrendous tragedies occur in your life. Um, My mother was killed in a car accident. So I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about like um, when OJ got away with killing two people that, that that just ripped my guts out. I mean, psychologically I'm I'm a different person post OJ than I was uh, (laughs) before. And I know for some people that sounds silly, but uh, you know that that's the truth, and you know I I've am. lived. You know I've lived it, and you and I have both done everything we could to get some semblance of justice in that case. And we're a lot more. I think su- we did okay. We were a lot more successful than anyone knows. I mean, it's basically <laughs> you, me, and a couple other people that even know it. But we're know. we're we're a, a large part of the piece of the puzzle as to why OJ is currently in prison. But that was a real right. d- tough one for me. Uh, another real tough one for me was the 2008 election. Oh, me too. And watching Barack Obama get elected. And that was so difficult for me to deal with that I actually channeled all of my anger and frustration, and I mean all of it, into making a movie. I, I, made I a... knew that's why you did that. Seriously? You knew <laughs> yes. that's why I did meeting malpractice? Absolutely. Yeah, here's what happened in 2008. In May of 2008, I realized, oh, my God. Barack Obama is going to be the next president of the United States. I psychologically cannot handle this. I need something to do for the next eight months. 
So I made a documentary film about it. And went all the way to Alaska to right. talk to Sarah Palin. Right. Went to Alaska in January, went on The View, went on the Today Show, you know, built a house based upon the proceeds from the movie. Uh, it's called Media Malpractice, How Obama Got Elected. And basically, it's it was therapy. That's what Media Malpractice was. It was a way for me to somehow get through 2008. Then, you know, in 2009, I had to deal with uh, Tiger Woods' downfall. That was devastating. That was awful. Oh, just horrific. And uh, and then I'm still living almost on a daily basis the travesty that was the Penn State's quote-unquote scandal of 2011. And, yeah. and that, that's aged me about 10 years in the last four and a half. And I thought, okay, you know, if I could handle those things, if I was able to psychologically – Get through OJ and get through Obama and get through the demise of Tiger and and get through that whole Penn State crap. If I can do that, I there's can, nothing you can't handle. Nothing I can't handle. I am asbestos psychologically. You, I you, I am a concrete wall mentally. You cannot break me. Until today. Yeah. Until <laughs> until we met the ultimate force when it came to driving John Ziegler insane uh believe me yeah i mean that's basically where we're at here um can i handle trump sanity is it possible for me to be able to handle trump sanity and i have tried in every possible way to come up with a a vehicle and i'm not gonna be able to make a documentary film about this because no one will buy it because it will be trashing the conservative media this time instead of the liberal media that gave you Barack Obama. So it's a it's a it's not economically viable. To, oh wait to, a minute. No, the liberals love no, to bash cons- No, no, they won't care. They'll be they're they're applauding what the conservatives have done to themselves with Donald Trump. They, no, no, no. Trust me. The, the nuclear the, bomb. The, the, the similarities between 2008 and 2016 are striking, and we will talk about them tonight. They are amazing. I, I, books should be written about the similarities between 2008 and 2016, except they have a different final chapter. The chapter, final chapter is exceedingly different for Donald Trump than it was for Barack Obama. But because of that final chapter being different and because of other elements that I've already alluded to, I can't I can't do another documentary film as a therapy, a way of getting through uh, Trump Sanity 2016. So um, that's why we're here. That's that's what I was going with. That's what, instead of the documentary, we got this weekly radio program for three hours. Now, tonight, um, we've got a ton, ton of great stuff to get to. Uh, we're going to obviously discuss the state of the uh, GOP race and Trump sanity. By the way, uh, related to that, um, and, and I'm I'm been so psychologically scarred by this thing. My my wife <laughs> is ready to throw me out of the house. We've gotten in fights this week because of my oh, ir- sure. my irritability because mm-hmm. of uh, Trump sanity. I got kicked off of Facebook today. For I saw that I'm suspended from Facebook because <laughs> some Trump supporter was offended by me telling them what an idiot they were. Uh, uh, I, I'll tell you the story behind that, which is crazy and, and far more important than it appears. Uh, also, we've got a tremendous guest, considering tonight is the Academy Awards. We've got Cyrus Narasta, one of our very favorite people in the world. He's got a brand new movie about the the life of Jesus Christ as a child called The Young Messiah that's going to be coming out very, very shortly. And uh, we'll be going to be spending hour number three with him. He's also the guy who uh, wrote The Path to 9-11. So we're looking forward to that. So when we come back, we'll get into um, a very crazy week of news. 
You can check out our website and each of the 22 stations which broadcast this program on a weekly basis at www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. That's freespeechbroadcasting.com. My name is John Ziegler. She's Leah Brandon. This is the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. And tons to get to in this program, but let's go in chronological order, Leah. I know it seems a long time ago, but uh, we had a primary this week (laughs) that is getting way, way more influence than it deserves. I'm referring to the fact that Donald Trump easily won the Nevada caucus. Right. And um, there's been some things that have not been said about the Nevada caucus that need to be. And OK. Um, and I, so that's what this program is partially for. You're going to hear things you will not hear anywhere else. And it's usually almost always the truth. Uh, here's the deal. Um, Mitt Romney won the Nevada caucus. Um, he won it twice. He won it with over 50 percent of the vote each time. Yes. And it was discounted. Why was it discounted? It was discounted because he's a Mormon, Mormons, and there's yeah. a lot of Mormons in Nevada. Now, right. now, now, let's be clear. It's not like Utah. It's not like everybody in Nevada is a, is a Mormon, okay? Utah, I can understand. But Nevada was discounted because, well, there's a lot of Mormons. So, therefore, the Romney wins, even though he got 50%, they didn't count. Now, what else is Nevada known for, Leah Brandon? Well, casinos. Casinos. What else? What 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 else uh, um, related to casinos uh, is Nevada well known for? How about hotels? Okay. Yeah. So so you have a state that is based almost entirely on casinos and hotels. What is Donald Trump known for? Gee, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> How about casinos and hotels? <laughs> Right. So so we have an entire state at his own place when he was right. there. So so we have we have a Nevada caucus with a minuscule, minuscule number of people, far fewer than voted in Iowa. All right. Let's be clear. A minuscule number of people who most of whom have lived their entire life seeing the Trump Trump name in lights. Right. Maybe even working for the Trump name at a hotel or at a casino. And at the very least, they view him as one of our own. He's got our back. He understands casinos. He's a hotel guy. He's a resort dude. Gee, I wonder if he has an advantage in Nevada, right? Not at all. No, yeah. So he gets 46% of the vote, whatever it was in that range, wins big. Does it get discounted? No. Nope. As a matter of fact, Matt Drudge declares him hilariously... The nominee, the, the nominee, <laughs> he's the nominee because he won 46% in Nevada. Are, are you kidding me? Are you are, are you kidding me? Um, he, he didn't even do that with Obama until like 
mid-March or late March of 2008. Yeah, uh, but once you go in the first time, it's easier every time after that. I agree. That is a great analysis. You're exactly right. Drudge was in the tank for Obama in 2008, and he survived and prospered and won, and, got, and, and not won, but he, he uh, ended up making a hell of a lot of money from that. Now, that doing it the second time, once you whore yourself out the first time, whoring yourself it's out nothing. the second is nothing. <laughs> it's, in fact, it's probably fun because uh, you know you can get away with it. There's yeah. no, not even any worry about it. All right, so well, I, I digress. We'll get back to Drudge momentarily. So the, there's a second element of this Nevada fraud, and that's what this was. This was a fraud. So Trump, you may recall, said um, you know, a, a bunch of things in, that, in his victory press conference. What, by the way, nothing will ever beat this one. I love the poorly educated. Yeah, there we go. You know, I'm telling you, no one said anything about that. I love and the it poorly was, educated. It was stunning no, to me. No, no, we are going to be playing this for the next eight months. I love the poorly educated. I mean, because that sums up this entire election in two seconds. I love the poorly educated. Right. So he, he says, I love the poorly educated. But he also boasts, do you remember this, Leah? He boasted about how well he did with the Hispanic vote. Do you remember this? Oh, yes. Oh, I won when he was going off on this this rampage. I love the poorly educated. He, he was bragging about how he got over 40 percent of the Hispanic vote. Now, that sounds impressive. It was so impressive, Leah. I don't know if you heard about this or not, but there were mysteriously dozens of Hispanic sounding fake Twitter accounts that were tweeting out that very piece of information the next day. Did you hear about this? No, no. I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me. Dozens of fake Twitter accounts tweeting exactly, exactly the same phrasing, bragging about Donald Trump having won 40-some percent of the Hispanic vote in the Republican caucus in Nevada. Now, let's let's take a look at this. First of all, that's awfully suspicious. Now, why... Why would the Trump campaign do that? And why would they have anticipated that they could do that? Because you have to remember, this is you don't just make up dozens of fake Twitter accounts on a whim. That takes some time, takes some planning. Gee, I wonder why they were so confident that they would win a big percentage of the Hispanic vote in Nevada. Could it be that an incredibly small number of people who make up Hispanics were voting in a Republican Nevada caucus, which, by the way, I think was a 1,000 people. If you narrow it down, it was like a 1,000 people who were Hispanics voting in the Republican caucus in Nevada. Could it be that some or many or most of those Hispanics were employed by him? Work at Trump hotels in Nevada? Could that be, Leah Brandon? If we There's use, no way. There's it, what... That would be such a coincidence. It, just if we use our brains here for just a flipping second. Gee, I wonder if, I wonder if the Trump hotels twisted the arms of Hispanic employees so that they could brag about this bullcrap number with fake Twitter accounts the next day so that they could astroturf this notion that, boy, folks, it's a miracle. You know what it is? With me, it's just works. You know, it's magic. It's a magical thing that Donald Trump, who is wanting to build a big wall, is actually incredibly popular with Hispanics. It's the proof is in the pudding. He got 40-some percent in Nevada. No, he didn't. Those were his own damn employees, you 
just getting started. <laughs> we're just getting started on the John and Leah show on the free And you may not make it. I may not. Stay tuned. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. By the way, um, that's Eye of the Tiger. Any word on whether Sylvester Stallone won tonight to the Academy Awards, Leah? Because I'm completely blind here in the studio where I Well, am. are you kidding me? The world's falling apart and you're worried about I'm just curious. Stallone. I'm, just, I'm trying to distract myself. <laughs> I'm trying to find some <laughs> semblance of a good story somewhere. So let That's me know. That's what I just love about you. Well, I don't know. I'm all wrapped up in the apocalypse. So let me, I'll check it out and see. Well, if you see anything about Stallone, he's about the only thing I care about. I, I, even though he doesn't <laughs> probably deserve it, it'd be at least a good story, which is probably why he'll win if he hasn't already. Uh, we'll talk more about the Academy Awards in hour number three or close to hour number three. But we've got tons to get to between now and then. I've already referenced that Donald Trump won the Nevada caucus this week in a victory that was way overvalued and I believe was a bit of a fraud. And at that moment, uh, Leah, panic finally started to set in. Way too late. Isn't it unreal? Way too late. No, you know, when we when all is said and done, Leah, I am convinced that of the many prescient and some not so prescient, but mostly prescient things I've said about this process. The most prescient thing I've ever said is Trump is actually in better shape after finishing second in Iowa than if he had won. Because and he was under the radar. Because it was it, it, the, the establishment was able to delude themselves yep. into thinking this isn't a situation where panic is mandatory. And if Trump had won Iowa, I would like to believe Jeb gets out. Christie gets out. Well, maybe not Christie, because we now know he's an SOB and only cares about himself. And who knows what he would have done. But the reality is the, the entire the entire mentality of this thing would have been different. They lulled themselves into a false sense of security when he finished second in Iowa. And then finally he wins Nevada, and everyone's going, you know what? Uh-oh. This thing might actually happen. <laughs> um, and I had mentioned last week that the very, very narrow path for Marco Rubio – to stop this tra- runaway train, partially yes. in- partially involved Mitt Romney endorsing Rubio before Nevada. Because after all, Rubio, R- Romney had won the last two Nevada caucuses, as I've already mentioned, big Mormon population in Nevada. That <laughs> didn't happen. Now, I want to get to that a little bit later about the selfishness. Yeah, that I know is, you're mad about that. Is enveloping everybody. This, this whole thing is happening because everyone is too much of a... GD coward and too selfish to give a damn about anybody else but themselves, even Mitt Romney. But while I get myself together, there's a substantive (laughs) element of what's going on here with Mitt Romney, which I actually find fascinating. uh, Yeah. uh, Because so he decides not to endorse Rubio. But what does he do right after the Nevada win? He goes on Fox News Channel. 
And he doesn't go in studio, which is really interesting to me because that indicates this was a last-second decision. Because if this was all a big plan, he would have been there in studio or at the very least on satellite. Instead, he's on the phone, on the phone. And Mitt Romney says, oh, by the way, you know, I think there's a bombshell in Donald Trump's tax returns. And he says bombshell at least two or three times. So he's doing this on purpose. This is not something that just happened out of his mouth, right? That he just happened to slip with the word bombshell. He's he's trying to create a headline. Oh, sure. Romney, he's got his narrative all down. Right, right, exactly. Except I think he overestimated the power of him to be able to create a narrative. Because remember, in 2012, he was Matt Drudge's boy. Matt Drudge yes. loved Mitt Romney. Now, Mitt Romney is a non-person to Matt Drudge. Matt Drudge didn't even report. He had one tiny link on this story with a deceiving headline that was you know, diminished and gone as quickly as they could get rid of it. So the story didn't play on Drudge and therefore gets diminished in a lot of the media, especially the conservative media. But Donald Trump's reaction to what Mitt Romney did there. Now, let's be clear. I realize Mitt Romney's an establishment stooge, and he wimped out in 2012, which he did, by the Spineless, way. Spineless, right. weak. Right, but I realize we're all supposed to hate Romney now. Let's forget about the fact that 57 million Americans voted for him to be president of the United States less than four years ago. But, but let's be clear. Romney's not doing this on, on a whim, on a guess. Romney feels very confident that there's something amiss. Going on, with, with, yeah, for it, sure. There is no way he does this willy-nilly. And here's how we know he's right. Because Donald Trump clearly hates Romney. He's clearly jealous of Romney because Romney has gravitas that he'll never have. Even though Trump may or may not be richer, Trump will always be seen as nouveau riche, a guy who inherited it and he's schlocky as hell, while Mitt Romney is seen as old money and he's got more sophistication and more class, class, which Trump will never have. So if you're Donald Trump, and there's nothing in your tax returns, right? And they're already done. Let's make me very clear. He can he can get this done in five minutes if he wants to. And if there's nothing in there, he can do two things instantaneously. He can humiliate Mitt Romney. And he can clinch, clinch the nomination instantaneously because he will in humiliating Romney he will further eviscerate any credibility that the quote unquote establishment has to take him on that's true he can cut their balls off instantaneously all he has to do is release his tax returns and have no bombshells in there but he can't because he's being audited yeah right yes which by the way Remember when being audited was an indication that maybe you'd done something wrong? But we now live in this bizarre world where it's actually a good thing he's been audited because it shows he's an enemy of the Obama administration. And that's the only reason why he would get audited, other than either that or because he's a Christian. Because he's a Christian? Wait, wait, Leah, play that clip. Play, Play the clip after the debate of Donald Trump claiming with a straight face that he can't release his tax returns, which would humiliate Romney and clinch the nomination because he's audited, and he was audited possibly because he's a strong Christian. Listen to this. 
But the one problem I have is that I'm always audited by the IRS, which I think is very unfair. I don't know, maybe because of religion, maybe because of something else, maybe because I'm doing this, although this is just recently. What do you mean religion? Well, maybe because of the fact that I'm a strong Christian and I feel strongly about it, and maybe there's a bias. You think maybe you, see you get audited for being well, a strong you see, Christian? you see what's happened. I mean, you have many religious groups that are complaining about that. They've been complaining about it for a long time. So but I've had the many ones that aren't quit. audited. It just I've seems like many... an easy answer for you. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> when even Chris Cuomo, when even Chris Cuomo, who's the reporter there for CNN, who is, is willing to lap up anything that Donald Trump says, when even he's going... Really? <laughs> seems like an easy answer. Seriously? Uh, you know the answer is utterly bullcrap. And why do you even go there, Leah? Let's, can we please use our brains for just a second? If you're Donald Trump and you have a bombshell in your taxes, the first, here's what, exactly what you're going to do. Here's exactly what you're going to do, Leah. You are going to not deny that there's a bombshell, which Trump has not done on numerous, when given numerous opportunities to do so, whether it was on Twitter Correct. or at the debate. He has never specifically said the things that Romney uh, alleges could be there are not there. He has never said that. That's the first thing you would do. You never, so you wouldn't put yourself on the record saying, there's no bombshells in there. Romney doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. You would instead, if you're Donald Trump, you would immediately go to personal insults. That's what, what he does which every is, time. Which is exactly what Trump Trump does personal insults on Romney. He's a loser. He's yep. a wimp. Wait a minute. What does that have to do with your taxes, Donald Trump? Nothing. That's right. And then the third thing you would do is you would come up with an explanation that was politically viable for in a GOP uh, uh, primary situation, especially with Super Tuesday coming up in all the southern states, you would come up with a BS explanation for why you've been audited. Because the- It's like diabolical or sociopathic. I can't figure out which it, well, To me, what it is, Lee, is it's so obvious. People, I know. It is so obvious that there's a bombshell in his taxes. Because, again, put yourself in Donald Trump's mentality. If there wasn't, he would use this as a weapon to destroy the other side. And instead, oh, yeah. instead, no denial, personal insults, and this bullcrap about, I can't release them because I'm being audited. Oh, by the way, I get audited every year. Oh, by the way, because I'm a Christian. What the <laughs> hell? Two Corinthians, two Corinthians, yeah, <laughs> two Corinthians. This is the guy, the guy who who has been audited because he's a strong Christian, and people are buying this. Well, he Be- does read the Bible more than any other person. Didn't he, he, you know that? He, that's a direct quote. He said, "No one reads the Bible more than me." Donald exactly. Trump. Exactly. And people are buying this. Uh huh. Folks, this is one of. Uh, so many reasons, I can't even express them in the time that we have, that this is a disaster waiting to happen. And it is so patently obvious. And I think maybe a little over half the GOP electorate can see it, but the 40% that seem to matter are impervious to it. No, we know what they are. We know what they are. I love the poorly educated. All right. When we come back, <laughs> the debate gets awfully heated on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, where you can check out a ton of new stuff, including each and every one of the 22 radio stations across this formerly great nation of ours, which broadcast the John and Leah Show each and every Sunday night. So Trump wins Nevada, gets way more credit for that than he deserves. Romney comes out with the, hey, uh, I think there's a bombshell in Trump's tax returns. Trump reacts exactly as he would if there was a bombshell, right? Yep. I am right about that, right, Leah? Oh, no, absolutely. Okay, I mean, I don't know for sure that there is, but I know that Trump reacted exactly as he would if there was, all right? That well, I'm, I'm sure look, of. Ted Cruz says he's got mob ties, and he named the person, and he says that it's in there. Well, we don't know, and frankly, we're not going to know until it's too late, folks. Um, this, this, by the way, this, it wouldn't matter. It would tell me, tell me what what difference at this point. What difference does it, at this point does it make? Well, because you think he's going to lose regardless. I mean, I mean, no, because people are going to support him no matter if he shot someone. All right, okay. in Manhattan. Right. Well, th- that's true for his thirty-five percent of whatever it is. Uh, but until he gets over 50%, it's still theoretically possible to beat him. My concern is he's going to probably end up winning this thing without ever having to get over 50%. That's what's so mind-blowing, is that he's going to win the nomination without ever getting 50% of the vote in any primary. All right, but let's – I don't want to get ahead of myself. So so Romney does this thing. He still hasn't endorsed anybody, which I understandably – I uh, can see why people are now starting to think, well, wait a minute. Has Romney got something else in mind here for himself, uh, whether it's a third-party run or maybe a very late run at this thing? I, I'm, I think that's possible. But, again, we'll talk about that a little bit later on when we talk about the state of the race. So that sets the stage for the debate. And there was a lot of speculation. What's Rubio going to do? You know, is he going to go after Cruz? Is he going to go after Trump? Uh, and boy, did he go after Trump. He went after Trump in a huge way. Um, most people thought he got the better of it. Here's yes. here's a, uh, one of the more memorable clips from the debate uh, this week uh, on Thursday. So that's the only part of the plan? Just the lines, the in- interstate well, competition? No, the, pl- the nice part about the plan, you'll have many different plans. You'll have competition. You'll have so many different plans. But now he's I repeating think- himself. No, Mr. I'm Trump. not repeating. No, no, no. repeat himself five times four weeks ago. And I, I saw want to you tell repeat you, yourself five times five meltdown. seconds ago. I watched him. <laughs> I watched him melt down on the stage like let's, I've let's, never seen anybody. Let's say, let's I thought he came out of the, the swimming pool. I said, well, let's talk, let's I talk see him about repeat himself every night. It says five things. Everyone's dumb. He's going to make America great Senator again. Rubio. We're going to win, win, win. Senator He's Rubio, winning in the please. polls. And the lines around the state. Every night. Same thing. <laughs> All right, now th- we could play m- many more minutes of that because there were numerous altercations between between the two of them. Now there was some substance to it, uh, you know, and 
it's so frustrating because our attention spans are so flipping short these days, and all we care about is conflict. But among many things that Trump did, which in prior elections would have been fatal, oh, yeah. but, but for him doesn't even phase anybody because it doesn't get any reporting, is he flip-flopped on the mandate for health care. Again, yeah. he completely flip-flopped for what he had said before South Carolina, uh, which, by the way, I mean, and, and by the way, his— Wait, wait, wait. Is he not for the mandate now? I don't even know anymore. But he, <laughs> he But here's the key. To why it matters. If you listen to the rest of his pseudo bullcrap healthcare plan without a mandate, it won't work. Correct. So, so, so he's contradicting himself in every possible way. He's flip flopping. Plus, he's got an internal contradiction because his own plan won't work without a mandate. But he knows if he doesn't say the mandate's bad before going into Super Tuesday, he's going to suffer some political consequences for that. Now, look, um, Rubio, I thought did really well under very difficult circumstances. And in he a rash- finally loosened up. He was having fun, and he looked great doing it. I mean, it, this is the most comfortable I've ever seen him look, and I just loved it. Well, the next morning, it was clear that he had gotten under Trump's skin, and that oh, yeah. Trump was rattled because Trump went off on a series of tweets, probably on three hours rest, like he always brags about. I only need three or four hours sleep. Well, sometimes when you only get three or four hours sleep, and you start tweeting... <laughs> You start tweeting with a lot of mistakes. And, that was stunning. And I mean, it was horrendous. I mean, I mean, it, it was. And he did the same mistakes over and over, like he didn't know better. Right. He kept calling uh, Rubio a lightweight choker, <laughs> as instead of a lightweight choker. And this was not one or two times. This was three, four, five times. So oh, yeah. Ru- so Rubio the next day does an event in Texas where he becomes Jimmy Kimmel, reading <laughs> mean tweets from Donald Trump. Play that. Last night in the debate, during one of the breaks, two of the breaks, he went backstage. He was having a meltdown. First, he had this little makeup thing applying, like, makeup around his mustache, because he had one of those sweat mustaches. Then, then he asked for a full-length mirror. I don't know why, because the podium goes up to here, but he wanted a full-length mirror. Maybe to make sure his pants weren't wet. I don't know. Then... Then I see him pacing back and forth, and then he's huddled in the corner talking to somebody. He's like waving his arms up and down, and the person's trying to calm him down. So, anyway, but I'm, the, I'm a chalker. All right. Next tweet. Leet weight chalker Marco Rubio looks like a little boy on stage, not presidential material. He meant to say lightweight, but he spelled it E-L-E-I-G-H-T, so he, he got that wrong. Looks like a little boy on stage. It's not that I look like a little boy. I wouldn't even be the youngest president, but he would be the oldest president ever elected. And it's like an eight-year term, so you start to worry. All right, last one. Wow, every poll said I won the debate last night. Great honor. I think he meant to say great honor. I don't know how he got that wrong, because the E and the O were nowhere near each other on the keyboard. Great honer. So how does this guy, not one tweet, three tweets misspell words so badly? And I only reached two conclusions. Number one, that's how they spell those words at the Wharton School of Business, where he went. Or number two, just like Trump Tower, he must have hired a foreign worker to do his own tweets. Now, that was outstanding. There's one small criticism I have. He should not have said Wharton School of Business. He should have said Trump University. 
Oh, yes. He wasn't thinking because he slammed him the night before right. over should, and over on should, that. It would have been much better had he said Trump University. Oh, yeah. Uh, than, than, than Wharton. But I look, I mean, he wasn't dealing off of a script. And he's a chalker, so you know a chalker <laughs> might end up screwing he's that up. Elite weight chalker. Way chalker. Uh, look, one thing on Rubio being a, a chalker, and this this is where I'm starting to go from. You know, I used to think Trump was amusing, to now I just think Trump is an a-hole. Um, Marco Rubio is a lot of things. Uh, Chalker is not one of them. Uh, First of all, he's married to a Miami Dolphin cheerleader uh, and a guy who's five foot nine, whatever he is. You're not a shocker if you're married to a Miami Dolphin cheerleader. Uh, More more importantly, um, he put his career on the line. He has no political future. He's not running for re-election. He'll get crushed as governor of Florida, running for governor of Florida after going after Donald Trump. If Donald Trump ends up being the GOP nominee, he put it all on the line to go after you, you bastard, and he kicked your ass. That's not a shocker. That's the guy who ought to be the nominee. But you know what? I love the poorly educated. It ain't going to (laughs) happen. Hour number two coming up next on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.